listening to the Salt and Light podcast. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Thank you for joining. I want to go into 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 45. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 45. The word of God states, Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. You come to me with a sword. You come to me with weapons. You come to me with what's in your hand. But I come to you in the name of the Lord, with what's, who's in my heart. <laughs> I come to you in the name of the Lord, whom you have defied. Say with me, roar. Like you're awake, say with me, roar. Close your eyes with me and let's pray. God, I thank you that your word is true, that you instruct us, teach us, lead us to live alive as an overcomer, that we are not victims, that we are more than victorious in Jesus. Lord, I pray for a revelation of who you are and who we are in you. Any thought, we take it captive to Jesus. Anything that's not yours, we cancel it and we declare your freedom in this place. In Jesus' name, we all say amen. The giant steps up and says, give me one that will fight against me. Just give me one that will stand in front of me. And if I win, everybody will be our slaves. If you win, we will subdue to your commands. But if I win, give me one. Say with me, one. Give me one in isolation. Give me one that will be separate from community. Give me one that will be by itself so I can expose him and put him in front of everybody and show him that I'm bigger and stronger. And when I defeat him, everyone in his family, not just him, but everyone will be a slave. And there's this little boy on the back that had been anointed a chapter before and had the power of God over him. When the power of God came over him, he would fight against lions and bears, and they had to go. He would defend what was in his house. So he knew that he was destined to fight. He was so skilled, not only at defending his sheep, his father's sheep, he was also skilled as a musician. He played the harp. And when he played the harp, demons fleed. Before he faces the giant that's saying, give me one, somebody say with me, one, he has already faced in the court of the king demons that oppressed Saul. And when you've seen the power of God in the spiritual, You're not afraid of the physical anymore. 
I need somebody to wake up today and say with me, I'm not afraid. See, the enemy stands and tries to speak louder than what God has promised in your life. The enemy stands and tries to tell you that your trauma, that your battle, that your family, it's not good enough to fight. We'll try to isolate you. But in verse 45 of 1 Samuel 17, David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, with a javelin, but I come to you. I need you to get this. It doesn't say, it doesn't say God comes to you. It says, I come to you in the name of the Lord. I come to you, I stand in the name of the Lord. And when you understand this concept in your life, everywhere you go, everywhere you go, you will win. When you understand that you're not walking alone, even when the enemy tries to isolate you, come on, where are my people have been dealing with loneliness? My people that don't feel part, maybe I don't belong here, maybe it's not what I, and I wanna remind you that he who is in you is greater than he that comes against you. He that is in you, I come to you in the name of the Lord, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. You're not coming against me, you're coming up against whom I represent. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand. So I'm gonna worship God, I'm gonna do it in his name, and then I'll prophesy, and I will strike you and take your head from you. I'm gonna worship in the name of the Lord, and then I'm gonna say that victory is mine. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth, this is my why, this is why I do, this is why, this is why I go for more, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with the sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. The battle is the Lord's. There's a paradigm shift in our life when we understand that we represent God. So let me represent. You know, sometimes struggle with this because our image of God is usually our father figure. Come on, where are my people that are awake today? And when our father figure never told us I'm proud of you, we don't know how to relate with a good father. The Bible says that God is a good father, not just a father. He is a good father. Say with me, good father. When I understand that he's a good father, a good father does something very simple. In fact, he does about three things, but I'll, I'll go with one. He's present. Do you understand when a father's present, everything in the home changes? 85% of the people, that are, are, of the men that are in jail, they not have a father present. It's not even saying that he had a good father or a bad father. It's just they say it was your father with you. And many of us think that because our father was absent, God is absent. And I'm here to tell you that God will never leave you nor forsake you. That his plans are plans of good and not of evil. And when the enemy stands and when that giant stands, when that fear stands, when that trauma stands, when that financial situation stands in front of you, you need to wake up and take a stand and say, I come against you. You come against me, but I come against you. Somebody say with me, roar. Roar. 
When it's time for us to get louder, I love that what he says is not, I'm gonna do this on my own strength, it's I come against you in the name of the Lord. There's a roar of worship that changes everything in our culture when we start walking this way. When we, we, we walk so that everything we do, we bring glory to his name. And David takes a stand. Now, I want you to get this. As he's fighting with Goliath, everybody's backing down. He had been there for 40 days, Goliath for 40 days. The Bible says that two times a day. Some of you struggle two times a day with the same thought. Come on. Two times a day, verse 16 of 1 Samuel 17. Two times a day, he struggled. He'll get up in the morning. He'll get up in the evening. Who wants to fight me? Give me one. Say with me one. All it takes is one. All it takes is one. If, if you ever got in a fight, come on, where are my homies in the house that have gotten in a fight? Raise your hand if you got in a fight. Come on, don't pretend. Like, come on, you thrown down. Come on, come on, homies, I know where you're at. Hey, my dad taught me to fight. My dad taught me to fight. If, if you don't teach your children to fight, somebody else will. If you don't teach them to fight in the spirit, somebody else will. If you don't teach them to pray, somebody else will. Come on, if you don't teach them to fight, I remember my dad told me something very simple. This is how you win. How many of you want to win? And I, can, I think some of you that have fought and have won can attest to this. Okay, all you have to do, he told me, all you have to do, very simple, is step up. Don't back down. Step up. But dad, but dad what, what, if he, what if they hit me? No, 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 no. This is how you win. I go, okay, I want to win. I want to win. What do I have to do? Hit them first. You can leave now. Hit him first. See, the reason we're afraid of the enemy, the reason we're afraid of the devil is because we're afraid of him hitting us first. And some of you are so afraid, what if I lose everything? What, what if I, you're afraid of things that will never happen and fear will come and make you stay and fall, fall back when you should stand up. Somebody say with me, stand up. And you hear the enemy talk to you, I'm not good enough, I can do this, I don't have the education, uh, to ask for that promotion, uh, to start serving, to, to, uh, to tell somebody that Jesus loves him, I, I'm disqualified. And we back down, I'll tell you, 90% of the fights I got on, I think I got, and especially in high school, I played basketball and soccer, it's just part of the game, guys. In El Paso, it's part of the game. And afterwards, we hug, man, and we're good. A little bit of bloody nose, but we still hug. Just a culture. I'm not, I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying we should do it. I'm just telling you what it is. The mama gets in the field. You know what I'm saying? The grandma gets in the field. That... So when, we, when, we would, when I would fight, most of the time, the reason I would win, it wasn't because I, I beat them up. The reason is because after I got the hit, everybody will separate. Hey, hey, get back. I, I feel that many times when the enemy's speaking, what we do is get hit first. And what David does is shifts the way we start walking in the spirit. He says, you, I see you, but you don't see who I have. Somebody say with me, I come against you in the name of the Lord. I don't know what you're fighting in your family. I don't know what giant of rebellion with your kids. I don't know financially what you're going through. I don't know the fact that you're not able to sleep. I don't know what, what you're fighting. I know because I've been praying. And the trauma and the fear, the fact that you lost your dad, makes you think that you're alone. And the enemy says, just give me one. And I want you to get this. God is not leaving you through that place that feels like a wilderness, that feels like loneliness, so you can die. He's taking you to that place so you can rise up. You're not abandoned. 
greater is he that is in you. Scripture keeps reading in verse 48 of 1 Samuel chapter 17. So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. He hid first. Then David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead. So the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. (laughs) It wasn't his power, it was a part of God. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a single, with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Come on. We're about to get our sword, church. I said we're about to get our sword, church. But you got to learn to use what you have in your hand. When David got up, the giant said, Give me one. Say with me, one. Give me one that will fight. And David said, who is this uncircumcised? That's like a bad word in the spirit, guys. When you, when you want to get mad at your husband, just say, uncircumcised. <laughs> hey, that's scripture. That's scripture. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Doesn't know our God. That's trying to rise up and and. And, and, and provoke a fight against the Lord? He doesn't say against me. He says against the Lord because he knows that the Lord is walking with him. He's been anointed the chapter before. You need to understand what Jesus did at the cross has anointed you to represent him everywhere you go. You don't need the approval of the people next to you. You need his approval. And in Jesus at the cross, he stayed there. No matter what you did, no matter what you've done, no matter what you're doing, he stayed at the cross and he said, you're worth dying for. You're worth dying for. But people might not believe in me, pastor, but people are saying this about me. I've sinned, I know, but Jesus loves you. I don't come against you in my name. I come against you in the name of the Lord. He gets up and the king saw at that time, he had seen David play his harp and demons flee. I pray there'd be skilled people in this place. And Saul says, use my armor. I want to tell you a little bit of the backstory so you can understand the story. Let me use my armor, use what I have so that I can look good in what you do. Some of you have bosses, man. Oh, they want to give you their truck so they look good in what you do. Uh, I don't think you're ready for this today. Goliath said, If I win, you become my slave. The devil says, if I win, you stay as a slave. If I win here and you go to school so you can work for people. (laughs) If, If I let you stay here so that you back down, every time I tell you go pray for somebody, you say, let me call the pastor and you don't understand the power that is in you. We're raising leaders in this house. I said we're raising leaders in this house. If if I let the system influence, my identity is not on what people say about me. My identity is what, what he did for me. 
and he stayed on the cross. So you, even if he left you, you can understand that God loves you. And when you walk in this place, you say, this doesn't fit me. Some of you are struggling at work. Some of you are struggling with the relationships you have. Some of you are struggling. There's trauma in your life. and there's a, It just it doesn't belong. The Bible says that he tries to walk in it. He tries to walk in it. And he starts walking, and, and Saul's like, man, you're going to lose. And says, I know, because this is not what I'm used to fighting with. Let me just use my slingshot. Come on, where's my generation that actually knows how to use a slingshot? I said, where's my generation? Come on. That we would go outside and pray for the birds. I want you to get this. It's a giant and he uses a slingshot. You know why he uses a slingshot? You know why he uses a slingshot? Listen. That's what he was good at. Oh, you didn't hear me. Somebody said with me, I'm good at something. Huh? You need to get that. That's what he was good at. You want to be a salesperson when you don't even, you don't even, you can't even talk to your mama. You, come on, you want to be a doctor and every time you see blood, you faint. But there's something that you're good at. Oh. We have a problem because now we look for money instead of looking for calling. And you lose your calling chasing money instead of having your calling, fulfilling your calling and the provision follows. Put, God's, put first the kingdom of God and everything else. The kingdom of God is saying, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to do it? And some of you know what God's been calling you to do. But you're afraid because the giant's in front of you. Somebody say with me, one. He stands up and says, listen, I'm not going to do that, but I'll take this. I'll take what I have, what I'm good at, what, you, what God has given me, what I fought, lions and bears. Come on. I fought lions and bears. Where are my people that have actually fought with lions and bears? At night, you wake up at three in the morning, start rebuking demons. Come on, where are my people that have actually prayed for their grandkids? And you fought lions and bears. And you're working, but there's this battle in your mind, but you keep fighting. And you don't want to wake up in the morning, but you keep fighting. Come on, when you fought lions and bears, and I need you to get this, the giant in front of you is no different. What it, what took, what it took for you to believe for a hundred is what it takes for you to believe for a thousand. You just got to step up again. What it took for us to believe for this place is what's going to take for us to believe for that place. It's the same faith, and I want you to get this. I'm like, like I, if I get another level, if I, if I just have another income. No, the problem is not the income. The problem is the way you administer your income. Yeah. Our greatest battle, church, is not the giant in front. Our greatest battle is the giant inside. Yeah. But when I put Jesus in, he, come on, he's a giant of giants, and I say, Jesus, I give you my life, everything else has to leave. He starts exalting God and everything else starts, starts to leave. So he says, this is what I have and he runs to him and throws the rock. Can you imagine? This guy comes with a sword and you have a rock. And many of us are not winning our battles because we're making it complicated. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. That's scripture. It doesn't say, call out every demon's name. Oh. If I just get more spiritual, resist the devil. 
Stop watching what you're watching on your phone. Stop speaking the way you're speaking. Stop befriending your junior high friends that don't look the same way anymore. <laughs> Resist the devil. David runs to him, throws it, and he falls in. But he didn't have a sword. Say with me, I'm getting my sword. Come on, somebody needs to wake up and say, I'm getting my sword. In and, and 1 Samuel 17, verse 51, as we get ready to close, verse 51 through 54 says, Therefore David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword. Whose sword? Hmm. The same thing I try to kill you is what God wants to use in your life so you can kill. So you can kill it. I know you're fighting depression, but when you take the sword, you'll heal others with depression. The problem is you don't think you can. I'm going to make a parenthesis and leave me that scripture there. Some of you have gone through a divorce. And the fact that you've gone through a divorce makes you think that you don't have authority to speak to marriages. But it's the fact that you've gone through a divorce that allows you to say, I come to you not in my strength, because those of us that haven't gone through a divorce, we, we can say, I did it. That's what the world teaches us. It was a humanitarian, humanistic approach. I did it. But when you've gone to the floor and God wakes you, it brings you up, I come to you. Not in my strength. Now, you don't have to go through that, through the divorce to learn that. But when you're able to, some of you have, have experienced financial turmoil, some of you have experienced pain and sickness, and when you go through that, you say, I, I can't speak, I can't pray for the sick. Can I tell you, I'm seeing more and more in the hospitals, I take my father for his treatment, healings and miracles. Because it's in our weakness that he's glorified. You don't have to have it all together but you need to take the sword. <laughs> Took his sword and drew it out of its sheath and killed him and cut off his head. Didn't leave him, cut off his head. What do you do with the sword? You kill the giant. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. Now the men of Israel and Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines as far as the entrance of the valley into the gates of Ekron. You're not getting close to my family. And the wounded of the Philistines fell along the road to Sherem and even as far as Gath and Ekron. Then the children of Israel returned. I want you to get this. The children that were supposed to be enslaved now return from chasing the Philistines because when you take a stand against the giant, your children will no longer be slaves, they will be conquerors. Chasing the Philistines and they plundered their tents. Everything. And David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem. This is kind of a weird statement. (laughs) David took what? So he takes the sword kills him, takes the head, shows it off. Some of us, we kill a giant. You kill the giant of pornography and you don't want anybody to know what you struggled with. How is he gonna get glory if you continue to be glorified? You can take the glory for you. Some of you have, have struggled with pain and anger and you keep on hiding it. 
but he put his armor on his tent. Can I give you something now? Can I give you something to take home? Are you ready? Come on, say with me, one. David takes a stand, roars, a roar of worship. My God is with me. Uses what he has. This is what I'm good at. I don't need, I don't need to be like him. We're not, we're not in competition, church. You don't have to be better. You have to make the team better. And, and, and this is what God has gifted me with. And if God's gifted me with generosity, you, bet, you better give what God has given you. If you gifted you with service, you better serve as God gifted you. If God gifted you to, to be a prayer warrior, then you better be a prayer warrior. If God gifted you to put a smile on somebody else's face, you better do it every day. Chases the giant. When the giant's coming against him, he chases the giant, and then he takes the sword. And I want you to get this. In Scripture, the sword has to do with words. Time after time, the Bible says the sword of the Spirit, talking about the Word of God. You can see this. I, I can go in and deep in so much, but I just give you, I want you to search just sword in the Bible. There's so many times about cutting and, and what it does, what it represents. It represents authority. But many of us have been spoken over with a sword that has kept us. And I want you to get this. Even though we, we have taken what God has given us and hit the, the giant, we haven't killed it. So I'll give you an example so you can take this. Somebody told me when I was when my freshman year in high school, and I, I'm very protective of, of our high school kids and our junior high because of this. Somebody told me, you better never uh, speak in, in front of people again because I couldn't speak English. I, I'm facing a giant as I'm speaking right now, especially in English. And I remember, I remember the, the, uh, the teacher told me, um, this is the worst speech I have ever heard. And this guy had been a teacher for like 25 years. See, I, I think in Spanish and speak in English. I work three times to do an English preaching than I do to do a Spanish preaching. That's why it's not on my strength. That's why we're going to be the largest church in the, in the city because it's not going to be my strength. It's his strength. It's not for me. Because I'm going to say, I can say it was because I'm a good preacher. <laughs> Some of you aren't ready for that. I, I like to prophesy what God sees. The largest English and Spanish church the most diverse church in the city that's the least diverse? Uh, I'm telling you what I'm believing for. Some of you better get, it, get on board on this because I wants to use you. I'm not saying this to say this is what we're looking, but I'm saying this because that's what he wants. And when somebody spoke that against me, I said, I'm never gonna stand up. Literally a zero. Has anybody in here ever gotten a zero? Come on, anybody? No? I mean, I worked hard on that. I, I did my outline and everything. I got a zero. So when my teacher, who, my, my principal, who comes to church here now, told me, I see a gift of God in you. I want you to preach in chapel. I said, so when God told me, I called you to the nations, I said, it wasn't until I faced the sword. It wasn't until I took the sword. And I said, what you have spoken against me, now I'm going to twist it. Come on. Come on, somebody say with me, take the sword. Uh, you guys are not awake, say with me, take the sword. So you said I couldn't, so now I'm going to say he'll do it. I take the sword, and I'm going to do exactly what I'm not good at now. First I do what I'm good at, but now I do what only he can do. What I can take, no credit for it, that's his sword. The enemy's sword, what he spoke against me, what he told you, what he said you disqualifies you, what you did, that puts you in that, you will never be a boss. You will never be able to accomplish this. You'll never be, you're gonna remain poor. You're gonna remain in, in that situation. When you take the sword, you have to kill it. Kill that thought. 
pastor is just, he doesn't just come two times a day. That trauma, that fear comes like 20 times a day. Take that thought, take it captive to Christ. Declare the word of God over the word of the enemy. That's taking the sword. What does scripture say? You, you, you feeling fear this week? What does scripture say about fear? Fear not. His love casts out fear. He loves me more than what I fear. What, what am I afraid of? What can happen to me? His love is greater. And if you believe that today and you give your life to Jesus and say, God, I give you my life, and you surrender, you take the sword, and your giant will be beheaded. And as he does so, I love this part, takes the head. Hmm. Some of you aren't ready for this. We like to take the sword, but some of you aren't ready to take a head. You know what you do here? That was my past relationship. I know I got pregnant at 15, but I'm a good mom now. Uh, I said you guys were ready for this. I know I filed bankruptcy, but now I own three properties. Uh, I, I know, I know, I know I, don't, I didn't have a dad, but now I'm a mentor. And when we start living in this place, we take the armor home. And we make it an altar for him. And every time I see it, every time I, I have that zero, every time I see it, I say, I'm going to write a book. I'm gonna speak in stadiums. Not because I can, not because of me. You come against me. But I come against you. In the name of the Lord. And what he promised. I don't know what your promise is, but I know that he has a promise. And as you stand with me today, I wanna remind you, you can stand with me, I wanna remind you that it's time to roar. Somebody say with me, roar. That it's, and roar in worship. I come against you in the name of the Lord. And I want to remind you that you don't have to back down, but you have to move forward. And that you have to take that trauma. I know it was an abuse. Oh, Some of you have been so hurt, so deep. The reason they did that to you is because nobody stood next to you. To defend you but now it's time for you to stand and defend Jesus took a stand for you and, and you might think but where, where was God where was Jesus when this happened to me where was and this abuse and in this relationship this pain where was he I'm gonna tell you and I need you to get this he was at the cross the easiest thing for him to do is say send angels to fight and, and destroy everybody that comes against me but he was thinking about you and he faced the greatest giant we could ever face, the, the giant of fear. The Bible says that he says, God, if it's possible, let this cup pass for me, but not my will, your will. This is how you, feed, this is how you defeat giants, not my will, but your will. And as he's taking the cross, he goes to the mountain and he stays on the cross and he says, oh, have you forsaken me, God? Why am I alone so that you would not feel alone anymore? God, why am I alone? Everybody that was with me walked away. This is him at the cross. This is what Jesus did. And at the cross, he says, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He's facing your giant and he's teaching you to forgive. And as he stays there, the Bible says that he says, it is finished. It is finished. So you don't have to be a slave to that sin, to that addiction 
to your past, to that thing that you think disqualifies you. And today, if you can close your eyes with me, I want to invite you to receive that gift, the gift that kills giants. Jesus already killed your giant. And if you can believe that with me today, with your eyes closed, I want you to put your hand in your heart as a symbol of faith saying, in me is greater than what comes against me. And I want you to repeat this prayer and say with me, God, my life is yours. Jesus, I believe you defeated every giant in my life. Forgive me for my sins and help me to stand up in your name, in Jesus' name. Somebody shout amen. Thank you for listening. Stay connected through our social media and remember, we are family.